Okay, so we are starting. And so, as I said, each week we start, we do start with a message. Um, we are in a new series. We started a new series last week called Identity. And so this is something that I think is very important. It's something that I talk about a lot um, because our identity. There are so many people in your life telling you who they want you to be. And that's always going to be the case, but especially at middle school and high school ages. So a lot of people are like, hey, you need to do this. You need to be this. You need to make this choice. You need to be like this over and over and over again. And sometimes it's good advice. Sometimes it's bad advice. A lot of it depends on who you hang out with. Um, one of the things that I'll tell you, and I said this, I've said this a lot, is your closest friends, the people that you trust the most, should be people that share your values, regardless of what those are, people that, that understand you, and people that are willing to tell you if you're being stupid, in a kind way, but people that are willing to tell you, hey, it's not a good idea to jump off the church into like a small cup of water because it's not going to work out, you're not a cartoon. Sorry, Caden. And it's like, you, you, you have to have people that say that, and then that you will say to them the same thing, and that's part of identity. Last week, we talked about belonging, and just the fact that, that Jesus died for you, and he loves you, and so sometimes people are going to think you're crazy because you go to youth, or because you go to church, or because you uh, try to do the right thing, and yet that can be part of your identity, because anything else you try to find an identity in. I love sports, like huge sports fan. I played sports in high school. I think it's awesome that everybody plays for the most part. But if you like define yourself, let's just say by soccer, and you're like, I am a soccer player, that's how I define myself, that's cool, but that will change because maybe you play in college, maybe you don't, maybe you go pro, maybe you don't, but at some point, at some point, you're not going to be a soccer player anymore. It doesn't mean you won't still like soccer, but if you define yourself by that, or you define yourself by your grades, or you define yourself by a relationship, or you define yourself by, by what someone t says about you, like that will change. And so that's why it's so important to start with understanding you belong, and you always are loved by Jesus, no matter what you do, no matter what happens. And so this week, we're going to talk about that love and go a little farther with that. Uh, so I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So basically what that says is if you don't love others, nothing you do truly matters. And so... This is a really hard thing sometimes for Christians to get because it's so easy to fall into the trap of being angry and letting anger go to hatred or letting fear go to hatred or letting ignorance go to hatred. And one of the, I preached this morning about this a little bit, but one of the things that, that happens is nobody decides that they're going to be hateful and they're going to be angry all the time and they're going to be mean. But it starts little by little. And so it starts with, I don't like this person because I don't like their team or I don't like this person because they cut me off or I don't like this person because they believe differently than me. And then that shifts into hatred if you let it keep going. And so what this says is you can know literally everything. You can have all the knowledge of the world or you can uh, do all of the good deeds in the entire world. But if you're just doing it to do it, it's not going to last. If you're, you're just doing it because you want to do those things, because you want to be seen, again, it's not going to last. But if love is at the center of it, if it's because you understand that God loves you, but also because you're doing it out of love, uh, then that shows that it matters. And that means that your life is built around that, around that love of God, around that love that he gives you. Um, and he allows you to show it to other people. Uh, one of the things important about love is it does not mean that you're everybody's best friend. It doesn't even mean that you like everybody. It doesn't mean that you get along with everybody. It means that you don't hate them, and it means that you don't talk bad about them, and it means you don't get revenge against them, and it means that you try to love them, and you pray about them, you pray for them. You at least 
don't do bad things to them. Uh, it sucks to get bullied. And I know that probably some people in here at some point in your life, you've been bullied or you've been hurt in some way. One of the things I want to say here is abuse is different. Now, by that, I mean you still don't want to allow hatred to, to, to cling to your heart, but that's for you. You don't have to go to somebody like that or allow them to stay in your life or, or tell them that you forgive them. The forgiveness is for you to be able to let it go and move on, to, to let it go and understand that that love has to be at the center of everything you do. Next part, and this is something you maybe have heard before. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So basically, this is defining love for us. Um, it's really easy to tell somebody that... that you love them, or to ha hear from someone that you love them. But what love is, is real different. And we see it defined differently in TV and movies in the world. Uh, it can be, if you can do something for me, then I love you. Or if you're really attractive, then I love you. Or if I do whatever you want, then you're going to love me. That's not real love. If anybody, if anybody ever says, in order for me to love you, you have to do this, or you have to say this, or you have to act like this, they don't love you. Like, it's never going to be actual love. Love is something where the person and you yourself with others is patient and kind. It doesn't mean you never lose your temper because you're going to. It means that you apologize when you do, but it means you try your best to be patient and kind. It means that you don't allow jealousy to take hold, not just in relationships, but in anything. It means that you don't only want your own way. So sometimes you'll have friendships or relationships where it's always one way. And it's like, this person has to get their way or it's never going to work. And they'll just walk away or they'll take, the, they'll take their ball and go home. Or they'll turn off the TV or they'll stop playing Madden or Fortnite or whatever. Or they'll just, they won't care. They'll just rage quit. And it's like, they want their own way. And any time it goes against that, they really make you feel like garbage. That's not love. It doesn't mean that that person can't love. It means that they need to understand that's not how you do. And so you have to understand that you are worth more than that. And sometimes that's really hard. One of the things in my life, because of the way I was raised and because of the things I went through, it's really hard for me to accept and feel loved. Like, it's really hard for me to believe people that say that. It's really hard for me to believe when people compliment me. Like, all of this is hard because of how negatively I feel about myself. And yet I do my best because of that to help other people not feel that way. And so that's an important thing. Like sometimes you're not going to feel loved, but you have to understand that you are worth love. And then you have to do your best to show that to other people and try to define your love by that. Um, one of the things that happens, and unfortunately you see adults do this a lot, especially at political time, uh, if something happens to somebody they dislike and they get in trouble or some story comes out, they rejoice about it. And they're like, this is so awesome. And then something happens to their guy or something happens to somebody they like. And it's like, well, that's just the media. Like, that's messed up. Love, real love that we are called to show doesn't rejoice even if somebody you dislike goes through something that they need to go through. Like, if, if Rob gets caught for serial killing uh, and he doesn't do that, as far as I know, uh -huh. He doesn't do that. But if Rob gets caught, you know, and, and we're like, oh, I'm so glad that he got caught. Uh, that's, that's not, that's rejoicing. That's something that we shouldn't do. Now, now if we're like, well, you know, it's good that he's going to, to not be on the streets. It's good that he's uh, getting justice. That's fine. But so often people get so excited when somebody they don't like gets hurt or gets taken down a peg or something bad happens or there's an injury or something. And it's like, that's not love. Like, we have to be better. Uh, one of the things, and I say this to you guys a lot, the generations that came before you kind of sucked. 
Like they kind of messed up a lot of stuff. And sorry, guys. The, sorry, old people. So they kind of, including myself in this, they kind of messed up a lot of stuff because there was a lot of hatred and a lot of anger and a lot of stuff. And so now everybody is saying to you guys, hey, you know, you're only a teenager. You're only 12, whatever. You shouldn't have an opinion yet. Like, you're just a kid. Be a kid. But then half the people are saying, hey, you need to be more mature and you need to understand this. And that can be really confusing. And so because the other generation's kind of messed up, it's on you guys. And it's like this big, heavy burden. But it's not something you have to do alone. And it's something that I see really amazingly coming out of your gut, you guys. Like, obviously, nobody here is perfect. Uh, and not everybody in the other generation sucked. But... It's like you guys have this chance to actually be better and actually treat people like you want to be treated and actually follow what this means. Like love is real. Like love is actually caring about somebody. It's actually trying to do better. Next part here. Uh, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only a part of the whole picture. But even uh, when the time of perfection comes these partial things will become useless. So one of the things that kind of can impact our ability to love and our lives and our identity is not knowing what's going to happen next. So like most of you guys aren't quite to the point where you're like, well, some of you guys are worried about college and what you're going to do in life. But for the most part, you know, you're just kind of trying to get through middle school or trying to get through freshman year or trying to get through the week or whatever. But at some point, you start to worry about the future in some way. And I would love to be able to tell you, hey, this is what it's going to look like. You're going to have this much money, and it's going to be this good, and you're going to be okay. You just have to go this path. I can't do that. But what this says is nobody knows that, and yet love will still carry you through that. It's not like love's going to pay the bills. I get that. But if you are showing love, and you're doing your best to understand that you are loved, and you have your identity in that, then you're going to be able to find people that help you, and you're going to be able to find a path forward. Uh, in my life, there have been so many times that I've been helped or been talked to or something happened that I didn't expect because I was just doing my best. And like, that's literally all we can do. And he talks about prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and all this stuff with church. And that's all awesome. And I, I love church. I work at the church. It's something that I think is important. But it all comes down to love. And it all comes down to how much you, you do that and how you try. Uh, I've talked before about love God, love others. And that's something that I try to define my life by. And when Jesus talked about those two things, he used the same word for both, which means you love God and you love others unconditionally. And that's really, really hard. And yet it's something that can help you realize who you are. And the unfortunate thing is sometimes the more you are like Jesus and the more you love and the better you do, the more people treat you like garbage. And, and that sucks. But there are always going to be people and people in this room and people in your family and, and people that are close to you that will help you see, hey, you are loved and you are worth it and you are enough. And this is all part of your identity. And this can be really hard. Uh, last part, this is Paul speaking. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see, uh, then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So one of the things that when I counsel comes up a lot is you guys will have something big coming up. Like you'll have a major test or a major decision or something really hard, and that's all you can focus on. And I get like this too, and we can't see past that. But there will be a past that. It doesn't mean don't care about the decision. It doesn't mean don't care about the choice. It doesn't mean don't care about whatever it is. But it means that there will be a past that. 
And so one of the things that I struggle with, uh, I have a lot of anxiety and depression and all this awesome stuff. And I jump to the worst case scenario of everything. And so everything, I'm like, this is going to go horribly. Like, uh, I'm going to mess up. Like, this is just going to suck. People are going to laugh at me. People are going to start walking out while I'm talking. Like, all this stuff. Uh, anytime somebody, like, leans over and whispers or does something, I immediately think they're making fun of me. Like, that's just how my mind works. Uh, even if I know mostly it's not, thank you. Even if I know mostly it's not true, it's still, like, how that goes. And so if you struggle with that or anything like that, you're going to jump to that worst case scenario. So you have to force yourself to say, okay, what's the best case scenario? So like, for example, you have a test coming up, a big test, and you've studied, you've really tried. And it's like, man, I'm gonna flunk it. Like, I'm just gonna mess up, and then I'm going to have to drop out of school, and I'm gonna work at McDonald's my whole life, and then uh, the, the fryer one day is gonna catch on fire, and I'm gonna get my hair burnt, and I'm gonna be bald, and I'm gonna get run over by Rob or something. Like, you're gonna have all this worst case scenario. Rob is a very nice person who does not murder people. Uh, and so, and so, and so, like, worst case scenario. So, like, if you feel that, like, that's human nature. You're going to feel that. So you have to stop and be like, okay, I am loved. And so what is the best case scenario? So the best case scenario is you're going to get a, an A, and, like, the teacher is going to give you, like, a million dollars. Like, obviously, that's ridiculous, too. But that shows you that both of those are equally ridiculous. And so then you come up with a couple in the middle. And it's like, well, I've tried really hard, so I'm going to get a B, or I'm going to get a C. And, like, you just come up with those. So you have to stop yourself and think it. And what I say with this is, it's easy to get caught up in worrying about what's coming up. And it's easy to think about that. And it's easy to feel unloved. And it's easy to feel like you don't know who you are. You have to stop yourself and actually stop and think and be like, okay, so I know that I'm not perfect. And I know that I may be hurt right now. But I know that God loves me no matter what. And I know that I've done this. And I know that I've done that. Like you have to stop and literally think through that. And that's all part of this series. That's all part of identity. Because like I said, you guys are at this really rough age where like, everybody wants something from you. Like, everybody wants you to be this, and everybody wants you to be that. And sometimes the same people are telling you, hey, be more mature, and hey, be more like a kid. And that's really confusing. And it's really hard. And, and I joke about being old, but it's not been that long since I dealt with that, so I get it. And it can be really hard to go through your life worried that you're going to let everybody down, and, and worried that people are going to think bad of you, and worried that you're going to be made fun of, and worried you're not going to fit in, and worried that you are going to fit in, and worried that, that all of this stuff, like there's no shortage of worries for you guys. And so you just have to recognize that this whole thing we're talking about tonight is you are loved forever. Like there's literally never going to be a point that you are not loved. There's never going to be a point that you are not worth it. There's never going to be a point that you are not enough. I don't care what you do. Like, I want you to do good, and I want you to do your best. Even if you screw up, you're still loved, and you're still worth it. Now, you should learn from that, and you should go forward, and you should try to do better, and you should try to improve, and you should try to help other people. But you are still loved, and so your identity forever is bound in that, in the knowledge that love is patient and kind, which means that with you, God is patient and kind. That, that love is, it rejoices when the truth wins out, but it's also just there and understanding and tries. Love is just doing your best. And then helping other people to see that, helping other people to do it. Uh, it can be really hard, and you can see a lot of bad examples, and all of this stuff can happen. But no matter what you do, know that your identity is formed in that love. And so just do your best to show that love to everybody else. Do your best to live out that love. Do your best to treat other people like you want to be treated, because that's literally all you can do. And so when it says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, Love is the one that brings everything together. 
Love is the thing that should be at the center of everything. The love of God, the love for God, the love from God. And that will help you in everything that you do. And so just keep doing your best. Keep going forward and keep understanding that you are worth it. You are enough. And that's all I got.